Welcome to CAE Pilot Podcast, a podcast that brings together aviation professionals to discuss life as a pilot, training, and career advice. You can find us at cae.com forward slash CAE Pilot dash podcast or subscribe to our show on your audio podcasting platform of choice. You can also find our video podcast on our YouTube channel. Welcome to another episode of the CAE Pilot Podcast. Today, we're going to take you on an adventure. Last week, we introduced you to a ferry pilot, and this week, we're going to introduce you to an air ambulance pilot who just happens to work in French Polynesia. We told you these were going to be dream jobs. So I'm super happy to welcome Tetu Kuro to the podcast and uh, coming to us, I believe, from French Polynesia. How's it going? Hey, good. Thanks. Happy to be here. So tell us, we got to start with this. What's it like to live in what everybody else on earth considers to be paradise? Yeah, well, uh, it would be pretty normal, I guess. Huh? Maybe. I don't know maybe some people uh, expect maybe to be like, like when you just call, you know, uh, on the beach and stuff. But no, it's, uh, it's a normal city. But yeah, close to the beach. So we get to go to the beach and stuff. Uh, pretty easily but uh apart from that it's it's uh, i would say normal normal for you is paradise for us so. <laughs> especially those of us who haven't traveled anywhere and have been locked up but uh it's great for you to be with us and we're going to start maybe with the question that we tend to ask everybody um on the podcast and that's where did you where did your love for flying or your passion for flying where did you where did that how did that come about yeah, I don't know where it come from. Uh, from a young age, I was really uh, attracted uh, by aviation. We live near an airport in Moria, the sister island, with my parents. And uh, so I was used to seeing all the, the aircraft taking off landings all day long. And uh, it was just the twin otter that were going in Moria back in the days. And now uh, the ATR go there. But uh, so from a young age, I don't know, I was just attracted by it. And maybe the fact that uh, I was... I don't know, you know, in a remote island, maybe I want deep inside. I wanted to to get out in a way, you know, to be able to 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 get away. So it was uh, it started like this. So and, and then the and more I grew up, and the more uh, the the passion grows, and uh, and uh, yeah, and then here it is. And eventually, you ended up at uh, CAE in Belgium. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And tell us a bit about your training and how that was. Uh, yeah, so school-wise, I had a friend who was a pilot so on Earth Tahirinui, so he get to choose the school, and then uh, he, he advised me to go with this 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 FTO. And uh, school-wise, it was great. It was uh, CA Brussels, which is a smaller center compared to CA Oxford and uh, and uh, Phoenix as well. So we. It was really a nice atmosphere there with uh, good friends that uh, we are still in contact now. So it's, it's pretty cool. The training was really great with great instructors. And uh, yeah, it just went really well. We did our seven months of grand school and then uh, went to Arizona, seven months as well, and then uh, back to, to Belgium. So really nice experience for me. And uh, and to see something else, you know, coming from Tahiti, such a small place. So it was really, uh, yeah, 
life-changing, I would say. And what's it like being a pilot in Tahiti? Maybe tell us a little bit about Tahiti for those who don't know it, and then a little bit about what it's like to be, to operate in what is a very special environment. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's, it's true. Most of the time we have nice weather. Uh, we do uh, 99%, I would say, visual approaches, so, which is pretty cool. Uh, weather-wise, it's, it's like any other tropical uh, places. So we'll have nice weather and some really big uh, build-ups of CBs by the afternoon. So that can be quite challenging as well. Uh, so, yeah, you might expect to, to have really nice weather, but when but the weather degrades, we have really big rain, uh, rain, rainfalls and, uh, and some, uh, some thunderstorms as well. But, uh, but yeah, we'll get some, uh, some icing on, on, on flight levels that uh, we usually fly. But then once we descend, it, it's okay. It's all gone. So it will say, I would say that will be the most challenging part is that it's just the, the, the heavy CBs that can build up on the afternoon. But uh, other than that, it, it's, uh, we will never have like a cat two or cat three with, uh, you know, going down to the minim- uh, the minima and uh, you don't see the runway. It's, uh, mm-hmm. It will be mainly due to the rain. So, And people might not know that uh, Tahiti is made up of, I believe it's uh, 120 islands. Yeah, it's 120 islands. Only 47 of them are deserved by, uh, by uh, the plane. So they, they have a runway. Yeah, it's composed of 120 islands, and uh, the island I, I worked for uh, was really the, the link uh, to, so to, to, to bring all those people, people that needed medical uh, assistance back in Tahiti. And, um, and, uh, and they, know that, they know that the aircraft is really a key, key element to, to just make this society work here. We cannot do it uh, anyway anywhere else. So. And I guess I imagine that not every island uh, has a hospital, so that, that link yeah. really is, when we say air ambulance, it's not just, you know, in, I think in North America we think air ambulance for very critical cases and things like that, but it must be yeah. quite different uh, in your case. Oh yeah, you, you, you might have for, for you have uh, for everything, eh? like the, the, the case that need the, the least the least assistance, I would say, or not immediate assistance, they will have uh, to take the normal uh, planes that are scheduled once a week or it depends on the, the islands. But uh, yeah, the, the ones then that need the really quick assistance, that, that they will uh, call uh, the airline, uh, the TC airline in particular, to go and get them. And so, yeah. When you're carrying a patient and knowing that sometimes it can be critical, what, what does that do to your level of, of stress? Yeah, it's pretty stressful. Huh? You, you, you will get called uh, during the day and, uh, and they say, okay, you need to go get uh, these children that had an accident uh, whatsoever. Um, so so you, you take it, not personally, but you, you have, it's stressful, but you have to try as well to detach your, yourself from, uh, from every people that you go and get because otherwise you will take too much on you. And... Um, so that's why they told me uh, from the beginning, uh, you, they, they, they told us like, okay, you, you will see some stuff, but try to detach yourself and do your job. And, uh, but it's, it's really, some, sometimes, yeah, you, I saw some things, I was like, okay, this is really critical. And, uh, 
and you know at that time that you you really made a difference and uh, it's it's really rewarding but it's uh, it can be really stressful if you take it personally and uh, and uh, sometimes you can you just can't can't land or for for, for whatever reason the weather and and uh, yeah you you think about it but then you have to say well hey that's life and uh, and that's it but uh, how do you cope with the idea that you know you have to be somewhere urgently and you know you sit there you've got your checklists and all this the temptation at times to just get through it quickly must sort of be there how do you stay focused on you know taking the time you need despite having this urgent yeah. need in the back once the, 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 this will pretty much happen in the beginning when you go and get and get the patient because we carry um, doctors on board so once actually we have the 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 guy then it's it's Pretty, it's more relaxed because he 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 has the, the care that he he need or at least part of it. But um, yeah, one, once we we go and get him, it's it's where it can happen that you know the the, the stress factor to go and get here as fast as we could. But um, thankfully, the we flown on Beechcraft King Air, and it's a pretty nice aircraft with. Um, the checklist goes fast. There is not a lot mm-hmm. of uh, programmation to go. It's it's right. pretty much like a big Cessna. So you just go on board and do the pre-flight checklist, and then up you go. So so it goes pretty fast in a way. And you know, while we're talking about the Beechcraft, what's that aircraft like to fly? We've spoken to a lot of you know airline yeah. pilots, a lot of seven thirty seven, some seven forty seven. So you know, a couple of business jet pilots as well. But what's it uh, what's it like to fly Kinger? Oh, it's a great aircraft. I really loved it. Uh, up till now, it's it's the one of my favorite aircraft. I haven't done it a lot yet, hopefully. But um, but it's a great aircraft with great per- performance. Uh, he could fly up to flight level three five zero. So and it it goes really it goes pretty fast as well. So for for French Polynesia with runways of uh, sometimes you know eight hundred meters, nine hundred meters. It's a really, it's a perfect aircraft, and um, and yeah, it's it's like a big Cessna. I just say you just go go in and uh, turn it on and uh, and start and go. So it's a pretty cool aircraft, and I think it, it's a great transition from flight school and uh, where I'm I'm at now at my uh, new airline, which is more uh, operational. You know, mm-hmm. it's more line, like every other uh, line line airline, but. Uh, it was a really great transition from from flight school to to that. It it, it really uh, gives you the opportunity to to fly and to to build up that that experience. And tell us a little <coughs> bit about how an air ambulance flight is organized. How do you you know you get the call like roster wise? Well, not roster wise, but more like you get the call. How does the doctor show up? Like how does the whole thing right. logistically come together? So yeah, once you get a call, you're scheduled to take off 45 minutes after that. So you need to to live pretty close by, huh? because it's 45 minutes take off, but you still need to prepare the, the plane before that. So they expect you to be here in like 15 minutes, which is doable. Huh? When you live in Tahiti, the the cities around you're pretty you're at the airport in about 10 15 minutes if there's no traffic. So you get the call, you go there. The, we have to split jobs, otherwise it will take too much time. So the captain will prepare uh, 
all the the papers like the, the we'll check the weather the no times the he will file the flight plans do the the log uh, the logs and uh, and all that and uh, the first officer we will prepare the aircraft so he will do the walk around he will uh, start the, the the aircraft on batteries you know all, all that preparation do the test then they meet on board uh, while they do that the, the doctors came so usually they they come in at around uh, in about 40 minutes and uh, yeah once once they arrive we we go so we brief on board about the weather and stuff and then and then we go do you have a briefing with the doctors so that they do they does it is there i guess my question is you know does uh, a patient's condition affect anything on your end uh, it might affect yeah well, when it will be like diving uh, diving accident so they it's really much the the decays that will affect our flights because then we'll have to fly at um, cabin level zero uh, well you know mm-hmm. so we'll have to stay quite low in in, in a way to maintain that but uh, other than that they will tell us what we're going to get of course but uh well i say get like it's something but uh, uh yeah he, he tell us the decays and other than that he doesn't give us really a lot of uh, details on, on that part he will just tell us if it's really urgent or not but then they know on their part when they get the call from the, the from the, the the from their island they they will first make like a, a judgment call on where whether we, we need to get them or not so so they will just tell us if it's uh, yeah, if it's urgent or diving accident but that's it other than that we we know but uh, not in details. And I guess then, you know, when you uh, arrive, you're met by an ambulance and off they go. Do you, um, do you, have you ever had the chance to speak to anyone that you've flown as a patient to hear or to find out how they've done afterwards or? Uh, no, actually, I, I just one, one time uh, I heard about his condition afterwards, but I've never really went their uh, personally to check on them uh i don't know either some guys that have done it but uh it, it's so small here as well so you will definitely uh, get to know some of the guy in the island yeah and then and get to know their condition afterwards so but we don't I, I personally i've never done that i guess it's part of keeping a professional distance as well yeah or maybe i don't know it's just yeah. you know you well, yeah. What, do, what would you say are the challenges of flying in uh, Tahiti? Challenges? Well, yeah, it's what I've talked a bit in the beginning, you know, it's just the, the yeah, the weather-wise, you have some CBs, some, some rains in the afternoon, but it depends as well on the season. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's, um, it will be different compared to the Europe and USA and Asia in the way that uh, we don't have uh, a lot of equipments. You know, we have one, uh, one control center, which is Tahiti, that will, he controls like the whole French Polynesia, which is as big as Europe. Uh, it's a lot of uncontrolled space. So we'll do a lot of uh, a visual approach and an integration into the circuits like, like at school. You know, you just go at uh, 1,500 feet, check the runway, check the wind and, uh, and land. Uh, it will be a lot of that. Uh, no, 
we have one ILS, which is in Tahiti. We have two VORs in the whole French Polynesia. We have uh, so so a lot of NDBs approach <laughs> and a lot of visual approach because they don't have anything. They don't have puppies. They just have a strip here and uh, and off you land. But uh, it's part of the fun, I guess. Huh? It's, it's that's why we love what we do and uh, we love it here because it's it's so different and. Uh, yeah, it will be a really fun flying experience. So it's a really fun flying experience. You've flown, obviously, in the States. You've flown also in Europe. Out of the three, where do you prefer to fly? Well, I would say in the U.S., though. It's just the, 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 the way the traffic is, uh, is managed, the, 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 the regulation, all that. It's, it's much easier. Much, much easier. And then... Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say the U.S. But uh, I mean, talking about ATCs and stuff, it's it's a, and stuff. It's the U.S. But uh, uh, then, if you talk about uh, the scenery in the background, of course, Tahiti it's great. In French Polynesia, you see some um, beautiful things, and I'm sure in Europe, uh, from where I flown, it was on a Diamond Forty, so I didn't see much. But uh, I'm sure. The guys that flies there to see beautiful things as well. So, and the other day, it's uh, you have your line to follow, and uh, whether it's in Europe or or Tahiti, and it's a passion job, so you just love it. Huh? It's always beautiful from up there. So, yeah, I was gonna say you've got the best view out of your office. I think of probably just about anybody I know. Um, <laughs> uh, what about the airfields and the facilities? Obviously, we're not. We're not talking about uh, large operations like you would yeah. have in the States. Um, what's it like yeah. operating in and out of these smaller places? Yeah, there, there's nothing. Eh? You just land there. It's a, it's a small, it's like a little tiny house where, uh, where uh, usually most of the time when we go for a medical evacuation, it's closed because it's not a regular flight. So they just come in by the by the fence. I would say there is just a little opening on the fence, and they 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 come uh, on the stand, and then we just do uh, we take him, and then we go. So it's it's really it's really different. There is nothing when you arrive. It's not a big facility. You just have one uh, big fire extinguisher of fifty kilograms here. There's no like big uh, you know firefighters everywhere. No, it's not like that. So. Yeah, it's different. It's different. But, uh, so it sounds like you have to be uh, independent or autonomous in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And um, would you say that flying in French Polynesia has allowed you to develop your flying skills more than, it, than, more than you would have, say, if you were flying in Europe or the States? I would say so, but it's not really due to the, the, the place. I mean, it's just the operation we do, you know, we... Uh, it requires a lot of, uh, of of flying, of course, and uh, due to the lack of facilities on the the runways and stuff, we just do a lot of flyings, and uh, we fly. We could go up to four or five flights a day. So, so yeah. And what is the most uh, challenging approach and landing that you uh, that you would typically operate in uh, Tahiti? Uh, it would be. Depending on the, the the wind, like you know, you have a, we always have con- constant wind, which is the the Alize, the, it's called here. Um, and depending of where it's coming from, you have some places that uh, that will be challenging, really challenging. Like you can get really a turbulent approach on final. Um, 
Otherwise, the Marquesia Island, which are uh, mountainous and all that, so you really there is one one place where it's uh, the, the runway it's in the valley, so you really have to get in into the valley to get there. Um, so, but it will it will really depend on the wind that you have that day that mm-hmm. will make it difficult. Sometimes, like the smaller port, you will go, which cannot be quite challenging normally, will be really challenging with that that specific wind. Uh, thankfully, there is a couple of them that we know, and uh, of course, when there is this wind, we anticipate the the, the threat and, and deal with it. You mentioned uh, that you recently went from uh, the King Air to, I believe, it's the ATR in a more airline yeah. type operation. What's that transition been like? It's been really smooth, actually. Like uh, the, the previous airline I was uh, I, I flown with was a branch of that airline now. So and and they have quite the same characteristics in a way that they have the same speed, basically. So it was really a smooth transition. Even the ATR, it's a, it's not a complex complex aircraft compared to the Airbus type Boeing type. So and it had it has this quite the same avionics as the the Beechcraft. So it was a really a nice transition, and I knew already then the the islands we were flying to. So it was just getting to know the, the, the procedure of that specific airline and, uh, and to get with it. Other than that, it was a really cool transition. And uh, all the guys, they, they get from this air ambulance type operation to, to the ATR. They have good uh, returns because the, the guys, they already know the, 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 the things. So you really, you really just has to, to learn the ATR. And, uh, it must and, be nice uh, to... I, it must be nice to have healthy passengers rather yeah. than Agents. rather than but actually uh, they can complain more that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> oh well that that's the perfect lead into my next question do you have any funny stories about uh flying in tahiti not especially uh, like passenger or ambulance yeah well, passengers anything we know that the, tah- the Tahitian people have nice characters and they're funny and... Uh... Yeah, I would say, you know, it's just mainly like we do um, every, every... When there is a vacation of at least two weeks, the, the, the state um, puts some special flights to bring back the child uh, in their islands because there are not... Uh, not every island has a public uh, school as well, so they need to go into this specific island to, to get education. But when it's the vacation, they bring them back to their islands. So we'll do some uh, charter flight for them, which can be pretty uh, pretty fun. You know, you only have ki- uh, kids on board. Of course, there is a, there is a, some adults to to keep them uh, in place. But they will come with their uh, you know their, their, their big speakers, and it will be it will be like a, like a party on board. So it's it's pretty funny. Sounds like a flying school bus. Uh, yeah, basically <laughs> that. So with with the this my current airline now it's okay because we we do have uh, you know flight attendants to to check them but um, when it was with the previous airline for the smaller islands uh, we didn't have any flight attendants so you'll have to check on them every every 10 15 minutes to see if they don't break something or you know, they will always go and pull out the life jacket this stuff as long as they don't so, inflate uh, it yeah <laughs> what's the longest flight you'll you would operate in uh, french polynesia it will be if we do a direct flight to the Gambier Island, 
So it will be four hour, yeah, close to four hour, uh, four hour flights. Still impressive. And the shortest one? The shortest one will be not even 10 minutes. It's like Papete to Moria kind it's of thing? like Papete to Moria or Ahe to Manihi. It's like really close, uh, close islands, which uh, is, it's pretty, it's pretty challenging. It's a really challenging flight, especially on the ATA with the electronic checklist. Like the, the pilot monitoring is constantly just accept, validating all those checklists before we land. So <laughs> it, it's fun. Oh, that's very cool. So we often do um, a MythBuster section in our podcast. So um, we'll ask you a couple of them. You can tell us if these are true or not. So. Um, Pilots uh, in Tahiti wear funny uniforms that usually consist of Bermudas and short sleeve white shirts. It will be true for the air ambulance part. Like you'll be flying on a, with a polo and just a Bermuda and, and shoes, obviously. Uh, yeah, but other, for all the other operation type, it's a normal uniform just without the tie and we don't have a jacket, of course. But uh, mm. yeah. Um, I guess you've answered this one, but pilots in French Polynesia fly barefoot. Well, no, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Um, (laughs) Flying in Tahiti is much more difficult and is riskier than in other places around the world. Well, I wouldn't say so. It's, you know, it's, it's, it has its risk like every other, uh, I mean, once you're in an aircraft, you have some risk anyway. So I wouldn't say so. It's just different. But you look like a pretty relaxed guy to start off with. So Yeah. So that's I, I don't get nervous uh, really quick. So <laughs> um, Pilots receive flower necklaces or lays after landing at uh, their destination. We do, actually. Not everywhere, but uh, yeah, some islands, uh, we, do. we do get some uh, flower necklace. And the symbolism of that is welcome, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. It's Very just, cool. you know, the, their way of thanking them from, for, for bringing... Uh, tourist or uh, or some sometimes just fret you know like natural uh, well vegetables fresh vegetables and all right. of that so they, they they know the the aircraft it's a key element and uh, some islands they yeah they reward us it's kind of ironic though that you're flying in this beautiful tropical uh place yet the flying sounds very similar to flying in northern canada uh, yeah i mean you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's an aircraft, and uh, once you're on the air, you're on the air, and uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much the same. It will yeah. be really changing maybe once you get to the island, yeah. and the, on the ground, the operation on the ground, it's really here where you, you really see the difference compared to, the, to Europe or Canada or, or the US. But other than that, flying-wise, uh, it's a plane in the air. So, Look at this guy. Flying is flying. No problem. Um, <laughs> flying in Tahiti is easy because the weather is always perfect. You've talked about the weather a little bit. Yeah, with 99% visual approaches, that would be my answer. <laughs> and how many sunny days a year in Tahiti? Probably Ooh, 364? Yeah, or a bit less than that, maybe yeah, have know, but... 30 days of rain. But uh, yeah, basically a lot of, you can have both in the same day. So yeah. big rain and sun, sunny sky in the afternoon. So. Um, you don't need to speak English to fly in French Polynesia. Everything is done in French. Oh, up till uh, up till I would say a couple of years ago, yeah, it was all in French. Uh, all the procedures was in French. 
the ATC, of course, here it's in French. Uh, you can do both. Sometimes we, we do it in English just to practice a little bit. But um, now, uh, all, now it's, it's separate. We, we do both. So everything that interacts with the aircraft will be in English. So all the checklists, all the procedures, all the mm-hmm. SOPs are in English. But uh, once we talk with the captain and, uh, and the crew, it, it will be in French. So everything in French and ATC in French. It's just yeah, once it interacts with the aircraft, that will be in English. So I guess it's similar in that case to what it's like in France and I guess in Quebec as well. Yeah, I would say so. The last question I have for you then. We know that uh, the pandemic has been particularly rough on the aviation industry. Um, and there are students who, you know, much like yourself, are at, mm. you know, CAE centers, you know, sitting there thinking, wow, what do I do now? You know? Yeah. Um, what words of encouragement would you have for them? Well, I would definitely tell them to keep, keep going. You know, it's, it's, they are here because it's a passion. All of us, we do this because we love it. And, um, and it, it will pass. It will pass. It's just, you know, the, the, it might take uh, two years, three years. That's what they say. Hopefully less. But as soon as it will pass, it will come back to where it was. And they will definitely need, uh, need pilots. So you might have to, to, have, to wait a year maybe, but uh, it will come back. Once it does, it will be just, uh, just like old times. And we're going to tell them to look you up to find a job in French Polynesia. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Listen, uh, okay. Tetu, thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, well, thank it's you. been great uh, to speak to you. Um, I've had the chance to visit your beautiful country, and I would encourage anybody to check yeah, it out. Yeah, sure. Because it is, I'm going to say to give you a call if you come back. Yeah, it's one of the most spectacular places I've ever been. And thank you for sharing your perspective on it. Um, really appreciate it. Well, thanks. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully see you soon here. Thanks. And uh, I'd like to remind everybody, please check out uh, airside.aero. That's uh, our pilot community. Find lots of great resources and information um, for pilots, including our, you know, the CV builder. There's lots of uh, great content there um, that everyone will find uh, very helpful. Thanks again, Tetu. Thanks. Bye. All right, take care. CAE Pilot Podcast is brought to you by CAE, the global leader in training for the civil aviation, defense and security, and healthcare markets. For more information, check out CAE.com.